0: But at times in our lives, we're, we're going to struggle with bitterness. And, and I believe my son uh, was uh, in a, one of the chapels, one of the, uh, they, they addressed the uh, subject of bitterness. And my son made a decision, at least I believe he did. Brother Todd told me that my son stood up. The name that they read on the card was like Sam Mara, Mara. They didn't pronounce my last name right. And I didn't see him, but Brother Todd Monaghan said that he saw my son, Sammy, uh, stand up. And in the message, it talked about bitterness towards parents. And so I'm thankful that a decision was made there regarding that. Um, And I saw some growth in my son uh, during that week. And and I'm thankful for the opportunity that I had there uh, to be there and be a part of that. Uh, But we're going to talk about subject of forgiveness, and we're going to see a couple of different Bible characters and how they dealt with forgiveness or unforgiveness, or did they deal with it? And we'll see that two characters in particular, I don't believe, dealt with it. Uh, We're going to see one man in particular as we start off here who did deal with it, who did uh, come to a point in his heart of forgiveness uh, for uh, for the transgressions that came against him. And in the Christian life, it is something that we need to come to grips with that we are going to have to forgive people. If we're going to function properly in our walks with God, if we're going to be in right standing in our fellowship with God, we have to forgive people, people that do wrong to us, people that wrong us. Um, And I know it's easier said than practiced. It's easier for me. So you don't know what's gone on in my life, Pastor Sam. I don't. You don't know what's gone on in my life either. Um, a lot of you, my testimony, um, how, how I grew up, um, different circumstances in my life, sometimes uh, my own foolish mistakes, but uh, there were some things that were out of my control, and I felt uh, I, I suffered some of the consequences of other people's sin and uh, I was wronged in my life. Well, we need to come to uh, grips that we need to forgive people. And uh, I think we're gonna see how to do that this morning. And uh, one of these uh, characters that we're gonna see forgiveness in is this man named Joseph. How many familiar with the life of Joseph? Somewhat familiar. And uh, God's hand was upon Joseph. Uh, Joseph experienced God's grace Uh, Joseph experienced some troubling circumstances. He was almost killed by his brothers. That would stink. How many of you, anybody ever been almost killed by your siblings? Purposely, (laughs) Uh, purposely? Well, he was, and uh, he was sold into slavery. That would stink. Your own family members uh, sell you to some people some caravan. Of people, and you become a slave in a foreign land, and then uh, falsely accused. How many have been falsely accused before? Probably a lot of people. Um, well, this was a circumstance. Joseph was falsely accused and and had to suffer. It was an innocent man had to be in jail for at least two years, uh, probably longer than that. Um, I don't know exactly how long he was was put in jail there, but. Uh, but at least two years that we know of and was hoping to get out uh, by a friend uh, that he met in jail. Um, let's go ahead. I want to direct your attention to Genesis chapter 15. I'm sorry, 5-0. And then we're going to be in verse 15. Pardon my voice. I, Brother Todd, I stayed in his uh, cab, his camper. And he froze me out. I, I was on an air mattress on the floor in a sleeping bag, and he had that air on uh, nonstop. Finally, I got up and I shut it off, but it was not before I froze my my throat. And then yelling and uh, trying to come alongside, I I got with uh, uh, Sammy's team, the Green Team, and I knew the coach, uh, the head coach, and. He was one of our supporters, he was a pastor, and then he has three brothers that helped him coach Sammy's team, and so that was neat. I thought that was pretty cool, brothers coaching the team, Uh, and they're all, one of them was a missionary, uh, one of them's a youth pastor, another one works in the youth ministry as well. Um, But I lost my voice uh, yelling at them and uh, helping out coach uh, the team there. And so uh, maybe we need to turn up the volume here. I don't know. About it. <clears throat> Genesis 50, beginning in verse number 15. This can be a fast message, so listen quickly. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, thy father did command before he died saying, so shall ye say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now the trespass of thy brethren and their sin for they did evil for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee forgive the trespasses of thy servants of, of uh, the God of thy father. So I think that was a lie. Okay, they, uh, they lied. They came up with a scheme the brothers did when they realized their daddy was gone and daddy couldn't protect them from getting killed by their brother Joseph, who they did wrong. And so they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, this is what dad told you to do. Dad told you to forgive your brethren. And uh, that was a lie. I, I would have done the same thing probably. But um, uh, they made this story up and uh and and then let's see here and it says and joseph wept when they spake unto him and his brethren also went and fell down before his face and they said behold we be thy servants they're like mercy they're like uncle you know don't don't kill us and and joseph said unto them fear not for am i in the place of god that's something that we need to take into consideration when we've been wronged when somebody does us wrong somebody does us dirty we need to understand that um that uh, there is god god knows anything that you've ever been through god knows it he's omniscient that's one of the attributes i think that we uh we, it's one of the attributes, I, maybe we didn't preach on that one of the weeks of Wednesday nights, but, but God knows the suffering that you've been through. God knows the circumstances that you've been through. God knows the wrongs that you've been through, sometimes maybe as a result of, of your decisions, but uh, sometimes not. God still knows what you've been through. He says, fear not for am I in the place of God, but as for you, Ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. I, I just want to stop there for a minute and I wanna say this. Any negative that you've been through, any any hurt that you've suffered that that was not a result of the the, it was not a consequence of a decision that you made anything that you've been through negatively, you got hurt by a loved one, God knows it. Joseph identified that, and he says, you meant evil, and it could be in your life that as you've gone through those hurts and those trials, yes, that person meant evil against you. They didn't mean to do you right. They meant deliberately to harm you. But maybe God allowed that, To bring to pass, as it is later on, for good. To save much people alive. I I don't know. But maybe as you're going through something, and maybe something that you've been through, and you don't understand why, God, why did you allow this to happen in my life? Maybe God ultimately means it for good. I know it's easier for me to say that than it is to experience it. And it's easier for you to to think that than it is to maybe comprehend or understand it. But he says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them." Let's pray. Father, I need you this morning. I need you to help me to communicate your word. God, I pray that you'd allow only those words that you once spoken to come forth. And God, I pray that you'd minister to the hearts of these folks. I pray that healing would take place. I pray that uh, comfort would would happen. I pray that restoration would take place, Lord. I pray that those that are hurting, those that have de- dealt with grief and attack from people in the past, God would, would experience release and relief that only you can give through forgiveness. God, I pray that you'd minister your grace to our hearts. Lord, may we consider the sufferings, the ill will, the uh, attack, and the, uh, the, the, the beatings that you went through so that we could have the freedom, so that we could have salvation. God, may you help us this morning. I need your help. Fill me as only you can with thy Holy Spirit. Help us this morning. Lord, that if there's somebody here that needs to, needs to get salvation settled, They, they don't know that heaven is their home when they die. I pray that today would be that day they get that settled. God, minister to us and help us in Christ's name amen this morning we are going to see a key aspect of the christian life that i think is often taken for granted by all of us recipients how many of you have done something wrong and and you've been forgiven of that you know that you've been forgiven you've experienced forgiveness uh sometimes it's a little harder to tell maybe because of the transgression uh and uh you know you you don't know the heart of people but you, you you know that you've been forgiven Um, I'm sure there are many situations and circumstances that I can, if I thought hard enough, but I'm not going to take the time to do that here. I I have been forgiven, and I can honestly say that I have also forgiven others. How many of you can honestly say you've forgiven of transgressions? Good. Uh, It it works both ways, Um, and so uh, uh, this morning we see this key aspect, and the key truth that I want us to consider this morning is, that of forgiveness. Particularly, we're going to focus on the act of giving forgiveness to others. And uh, we, uh, uh, when we may think uh, of this, we, sometimes we may think we are unable to. I've uh, spoken with people before, loved ones, family members in particular, I can think of that says, man, I just can't forgive them for what they did. I just can't. I can't do it. Listen, You can if you ultimately want to. God can give you the power and the grace to forgive. Um, And uh, it's what he wants ultimately. I want to say God's will is forgiveness. God's will is to be forgiven and for you to be forgiven. And God's will is for you to forgive uh, in in like manner as well. And so this morning we're going to see Uh, We're continuing in our series, and I've incorporated it here. A mighty church is a church that forgives. A mighty church is a church of forgiveness. A mighty church for the cause of Christ is a church that, that gives freely forgiveness to people who've transgressed even against them. How many of you have received forgiveness of your sin nature by God through his shed blood. You've been saved, in other words. You are a recipient of forgiveness. Do you understand? God didn't have to forgive you of that transgression. God did not have to forgive you of your sin. By, by, by His grace and only by His grace through His Son Jesus, you've been forgiven of your sin if you are a saved, uh, born-again child of God. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, "And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, forgiving one another, uh, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you." God says for us to forgive as we've been forgiven, if we've been saved, that's a command to what we see that God tells us to do. God tells us to forgive one another. And so I want to direct your attention to this story here. We're gonna see a couple characters in scripture and make some application uh, before uh, we dismiss. And I want you to notice here in this story, I'm gonna recap it, uh, but uh, in the portion of the story that we read, Excuse me, we see a man that had every reason in the world to have hatred uh, towards family members in particular. How many of you think if you were put in Joseph's situation that you would not be bitter? Is there anybody else in here? Is there anybody in here that thinks you would not be bitter at your brothers' had you gone through his circumstances? Anybody can say, I wouldn't be bitter, Pastor Sam? I can do that with flying color. I would enjoy being sold into slavery. I would, be en- I would enjoy if a woman accused me of, uh, of advancing and I got thrown in jail and, and, and stuff. No. Uh, we see this man here. Uh, we see a man who had every reason in the world to want to get revenge. Uh, we see a man here who, uh, for all practical purposes, could have developed bitterness and anger towards family. And I want to say, even God, you know, something like this would want to question God. Are you there? God, you really, uh, uh, do you you really, do you really acknowledge me? Am I really one of your children? Am I really a child of yours? And, and, uh, but, uh, but this man could have had bitterness. He could have had anger. And I'm not saying he didn't question God. I don't know that, I don't believe he questioned his existence, but, but this man, Joseph, he chose not to and we see his response toward the end of all the, uh, the negativity, the attacks in his life, and uh, towards his offenders, we see this response that he had uh, to, to his offenders in this portion of Scripture, and we read in verse 20 and 21. He says to them, as uh, they're fearful of their lives, he says to them in verse 20, but as for you... He could have been, but as for you, off with your heads. Could have said that, right? He could have done that. He had all the power to do so. But we 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 don't believe that's gonna happen. We see that he wept and he was hurt. And all the years of his life that he missed out with uh seeing his dad and his other brothers, Benjamin that he loved, even uh uh, he says, But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. And I, I heard professors say that's the key verse of, uh, of Genesis uh, there, or at least that chapter. Uh, but now, therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them, and he spake kindly to them. We see a Christ-likeness there. What does the Bible says that we're supposed to do to our enemies? We're supposed to retaliate and get revenge toward them? No, we're supposed to give them kindness. The Bible says it's like keeping hot coals of fire upon their heads and and such and, and, uh, and, and stuff. But... But uh, we see the response that he had towards the evil that he experienced from his own family was that of kindness, was that of grace. And he says, I'll nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and he spake kindly unto them. In this passage, first of all, we learn that Joseph, he was the favorite son out of 11 kids. Now, dads, I don't recommend you say that you have a favorite, even if you do, all right? Uh, you, can, you can make for some, uh, from some negative situations, and I don't believe we have anybody that's got favorites, Ho- hopefully not. But uh, he was the firstborn uh, of the favorite uh, wife of Jacob. And uh, it wasn't Joseph's fault, but he didn't help his cause by uh, telling on his brothers when they did wrong. And, and uh, one of the dumb things that Joseph did was he told him of this dream. He told his brothers this dream. Uh, that he had, that uh, there were these, uh, uh, I, what was it, corner there were these sheaves that there were uh, 11, right? He had 11 brothers, is that, is that right? He had 11 total, and uh, there was all of them bowed down to the one, and there was a prophetic dream of Joseph saying that you guys are going to bow down to me someday. That's a dumb thing, okay? That's a dumb thing to be telling uh, your siblings and uh, Daddy loves me more than you, and I had this dream about you guys how you're going to serve me someday and then the brothers are like, "You saying we're going to bow down to you someday and uh, so then they developed this bitterness in their hearts and this envy towards the brother and and it wasn't a good situation, but some of the brothers were so annoyed with him and so uh, disgruntled with him that they developed a hatred for him in their hearts, and so they plotted to kill him initially, but Reuben, I think he's the oldest one, uh, Reuben, one of his brothers, he spoke out and he was able to persuade the other brothers not to kill him. Hey, don't kill, don't kill uh, Brother Joe. Uh, spare his life. Let's, uh, but, but let's sell him. <laughs> let's try to make some profit off of this. And so they take him, and my understanding, they throw him in a pit and, and they rip part of his garment and they kill a goat and they put blood all over that garment and they go back to their daddy Actually, first of all, there's a caravan of uh, uh, Ishmaelites that come by, and they sell them to, um, they sell to uh, the Ishmaelites. They make a little money, and the Ishmaelites take them to Egypt. Uh, and then the brothers go back to Dad, and they say, Dad, we found this garment here. Our brother Joseph, it looks like he's been mangled by a wild animal. And uh, so they lie, and they sell him into slavery, and... And uh, within a few days, Joseph goes from being the beloved favorite son to being a slave in the unknown land of Egypt. Now, what a, what a miserable circumstance, right? What a, what a, what a dreaded day uh, that was for this man. I want to say this. He could have easily chosen to get bitter. Joseph could have easily chosen to get angry with God he could have easily chosen to get angry with his brothers uh, but Joseph chose not to and he forgave them. Well carry on with the story here. Joseph lands in the home of a wealthy man named Potiphar and he quickly becomes the trusted uh, servant boy of Potiphar's house and and uh, he has other servants in the household there but um, then, uh, Potiphar 's wife takes notice of joseph that he 's a good looking guy and he 's a hard worker and stuff and and a couple of different times she tries to make advance towards uh, joseph and each time joseph uh, gets a, gets away now he did some dumb stuff, and that uh, first of all, he was alone with the woman that wasn't his wife uh, to begin with and so uh, there's there 's a whole nother lesson there of uh, of uh, not putting yourself in negative situations or in a situation where you can receive those accusations and so uh, but she makes the advances towards him and then finally uh, she, uh, she, uh, she tries one last final advance and uh, Joseph flees from her. Well the, the woman Potiphar's wife was able to grab part of his garment and then she screams and she says, Your servant attacked me. He tried to, he tried to, he tried to be with me. And, and uh, you know the story probably, they take him and they throw him in jail. And he goes to prison for at least two years. Well, I think again, Joseph could have easily chosen to be angry. He could have chosen to be bitter. God, you, you got me to this place and I wasn't living bad, but but this woman had falsely accused me here. What are you doing in my life, God? He could have chosen to be angry and and bitter, angry with God and angry with others, but Joseph chose to forgive. Story continues that while he was in prison, he gains favor with uh, people that are in there with him, and he's able to interpret dreams and, and uh, decipher what uh, dreams mean for people. And, and uh, he has hope that he's going to get out of prison after the chief uh, chief cupbearer uh, says that he would speak to him. When he gets out, he'll speak to the uh, king and, and try to get him out. Well, the cupbearer uh, forgets all about him. And, and finally, two years later, uh, the cupbearer, he remembers Joseph. This guy could interpret dreams for me. And, and he tells the king, the king needs some some dreams interpreted uh, because he's troubled and and uh, so Pharaoh goes and gets I'm I'm sorry the Pharaoh not the king but but the king is Pharaoh Pharaoh goes and gets Joseph and and uh, well Joseph could have gotten bitter he could have gotten angry when he realized that the cupbearer didn't come and get him like he said he would right off the bat two years later that it finally happened he could have gotten bitter and angry with God and others, but he chose not to, and he chose to forgive. Now Joseph is standing before Pharaoh, and he gains favor and to uh, with Pharaoh, and he's overseeing now. He's like, he's the second in charge of the kingdom, and he's managing the economy. He's managing the affairs of the kingdom, and when he discovers his brothers have come to town and to get some goods because of the famine in the land. Now Joseph can finally get the revenge that he's been wanting all of these li- all, all of his life now that he's been betrayed and he can get even with those dirty rascals and he can pay back the hell on earth that they put him through. But is that what he did? It's not. He did mess with them a little bit. I want you to look at this. Look at verse number twenty. Actually, uh, well, it, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want to mention that part of it. But he, he ends up plotting and sticking. You know, the uh, uh, I think it was a gold piece in the sack of his youngest brother. There, or, uh, one of the brothers, and and they uh, makes it look like they stole something, and and uh, puts on a disguise at first to see what these people are. Accuses them of being spies and just messes with them a little bit, but, but he didn't take revenge on them. He didn't, he didn't uh, condemn them as he could. He didn't kill them as he very well uh, could have. Uh, but in verse number 20, he says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. And so Joseph could have easily chosen to get bitter. Joseph could have easily uh, chosen to get angry uh, with God or with others, but he chose not to and he forgave. Joseph could have easily gotten bitter. He could have easily gotten angry. He could have easily gotten uh, had resentment towards his loved ones, towards certain people in his life and even uh, towards God, but he chose uh, to forgive and he chose forgiveness and trust in God. I want to ask you this morning, what response have you chosen to the trespasses from people that you've received? What response have you chosen in your life to somebody that's done you dirty? What response have you chosen to to have towards somebody that betrayed you? What response in your life have you chosen uh, to even to give to God because he put you in, he allowed you to be in that circumstance and you didn't deserve that. What response have you chosen in your life towards somebody that hurt you so deeply and betrayed you so bad that man, you just couldn't bear uh, the, 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 the days after that for such a long time, it, it's hurt. Maybe initially was hatred, maybe initially was revenge, maybe initially was bitterness, maybe initially was uh, uh, was was hatred and resentment and, and revenge and maybe even you wanted to kill that person, I don't know. But what have you chosen now? I wanna tell you this morning, you can choose forgiveness. Joseph chose forgiveness. Joseph chose to forgive the trespasses of the people that were so close to him in his life that put him through misery. What have you chosen? What action have you chosen towards those that have hurt you? What action have you chosen towards those that falsely accused you? What action have you chosen towards those that violated your trust, that, toward, toward those that maybe attacked you and, and they made you look bad? And uh, they, 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 they did you wrong. Have you chosen anger? Have you chosen resentment? Or have you chosen forgiveness? I want to say this this morning. There isn't any offense that's too tall to forgive. There isn't any offense that can't be forgiven. How can you say that, Pastor Sam? You don't know what they did. You don't know what I've been through. I'll say it by saying this. God suffered everything. There isn't any offense that He did not suffer. The Bible says He was tempted in all points as we were, yet without sin. He experienced any, any transgression that you will ever face. He experienced it. He experienced sexual abuse. He experienced physical abuse. He experienced mental abuse. He experienced. God knows what you've been through. And God says, Forgive. He says, Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath given you now I want you to notice another character in scripture we got to go fast here and we can but turn to 2nd Samuel chapter 23 2nd Samuel chapter 23 let's uh get familiar here 2nd Samuel 23 two characters but they're part of the same story and many of you are familiar with the story here as well but I want you to notice it and I think something uh peculiar that uh, you may not have noticed but uh Absalom. How many familiar with Absalom? And Absalom, one of David's sons, and one of David's sons wanted to kill his own dad. One of David's sons killed his brother uh, because his brother raped his half-sister, or raped his sister, and he uh, got revenge. And so I want you to notice here in 2 Samuel 23, look at verse number 34. So you know, Absalom, but there was another man that I want you to notice that was part of this scheme. And his name, well, his name was Ahithophel. 2 Samuel 23, verse 34. The Bible says, Eliphelet, the son of Ab- uh, Ahazbi, the son of the Maakathite. Then I want you to notice here, Eliam the son of Ahithophel, the gilonite Now turn back to 2 Samuel 11, 2 Samuel 11. Turn a few pages back there, 2 Samuel 11. So I wanted you to notice here, I underlined it, Eliam, the son of Ahithophel. Eliam, the son of Ahithophel. But then look at 2 Samuel 11, 2 Samuel 11 and verse number 3. Now we know that David sinned, David messed up. Well he sinned. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. He took another man's wife and then he plotted and he killed. He committed murder to try to cover up his sin. He killed Uriah, Bathsheba's husband at the time. And we see the characters here and how they were related in 2 Samuel 11 verse 3. It says, And David sent and inquired after the woman, after they had committed the act, and and now she is with child. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Now, who remembers in the, last, in the passage we read, it says that Eliam was the son of who? Anybody get it? Ahithophel, very good. Eliam, the son of Ahithophel. And Eliam is the father of who? Bathsheba, and so you have this man Ahithophel, who is the great-grandfather, or the the grandfather, I'm sorry, not the great-grand, we are get out of touch if we add all these greats to it, Uh, but Ahithophel was the granddaddy of Bathsheba, Eliam was the father of Bathsheba, and uh, who was the uh, wife of Uriah the Hittite. And it says, and David sent messengers and took her and she came in unto him and she lay with her for she was purified from her uncleanness and re- she returned unto her house and the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. And so what I want you to notice here is that there's a man named David, he sinned. He committed adultery and tried to cover up the murder, uh, tried to cover up the, uh, uh, the adultery with murder by having uh, Uriah killed and as a result of the sins, Uh, The the sin that David committed, many of them, multiple sins there uh, against so many that God kills the baby of Bathsheba and David. And uh, that baby was also the great grandchild of a man named Ahithophel. This man, Ahithophel, is the father of Eliam who had a daughter named Bathsheba. I want you to notice an interesting fact regarding this man, Ahithophel. In 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23, it says this regarding Ahithophel. Ahithophel was a counselor of David. He's one of David's counselors. He gave him counsel in battle. He gave him counsel spiritually. Uh, he gave him counsel, uh, gave him wisdom as one of his leaders, one of his uh, entourage that he had. And it says uh, in verse number 23, chapter 16, 1 Samuel, the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. So this is before that Absalom had uh, risen up against his father, but uh, we know uh, later on in the story here, Ahithophel, Ahithophel, ends up going off with Absalom and, and counseling him, gives him some, some wrong counsel and trying to destroy David, the man that he used to give good counsel to. Well, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 10, God tells David through the prophet, he says, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thy house, because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. The other son of David named Amnon, the Bible says, raped his half-sister, Tamar, who was the sister of Absalom. And when Absalom saw that after two years, his father did nothing to correct uh, Amnon, his son, uh, to correct the wicked act of the, the raping of his sister, the Bible says Absalom had Amnon killed, and then he plotted to take the kingdom from his dad and one of the key men that was involved in plotting to take over with Absalom was the grandfather of Bathsheba and David's child Uh, I'm I'm sorry the grandfather of Bathsheba uh, who is one of the counselors of David all that to say yes David did wrong Yes, David did them dirty. Yes, David did them unjustly. Yes, David, yeah, he sinned. He committed adultery and fornication and and covered up the murder. And uh, then uh, the the Bible says that as a result, the consequence, God took his child. And then a result, part of the consequence was the the sword would not depart from David's family. And his daughter was raped. Amnon's sister was, uh, Amnon raped his sister, who was Absalom's sister. And it's just a mess. And you know the story we preached on, on Uriah in the past. Uh, but all that to say there's a man named Absalom who didn't forgive. There's a man named Absalom who developed bitterness in his heart. And had, he had every right to. And I'll I probably do want to do the same thing. I'd want to kill that person if they did my sister wrong. They, if they did that act. And if I was the granddaddy and, and my grandchild died, I'd want to do the same thing to David. I'd want David, he did that, that's my, my grandchild. And I'd want him dead as well. But bitterness welled up in their hearts and anger and resentment. And, and uh, I want to say to everyone here this morning that has ever harbored bitterness, unconfessed sin and forgiveness will lead you down a path that you don't want to go. It's a path of destruction, ultimate destruction. How does a counselor of the king who is said to speak the oracles of God get so festered up with bitterness and anger and resentment that he plots to kill the king, the very king that he served? It starts with bitterness. It starts with unconfessed sin. It starts with resentment towards somebody that's not dealt with. Say, I just can't forgive them, They, they hurt me so bad. God says to forgive. I'm not saying I say to forgive, I'm saying God says to forgive. And I can say that by the authority of God's word, that's what he says. So you don't understand my circumstance, Pastor Sam, God does. I believe both Absalom and Ahithophel had bitterness and unforgiveness bottled up in their hearts and and, uh, they were following the deceitfulness of their hearts. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? This morning, Christian, I want to ask you, what is in your heart today? What is in your heart this morning? What are you harboring? Uh, who have you not forgiven? Whatever it is, whoever it is, whatever the circumstances may be, whatever your reasoning may be, whatever your justification, justification, unforgiveness leads to destruction. Bitterness destroys its own container. It doesn't help. We have three Bible characters that we've seen this morning. One of them chose forgiveness. When Humanly speaking, I'd say he didn't have to. I'd say I wouldn't. Two of them chose revenge. Two of them chose not to forgive, and they let that bitterness fester in their hearts, and and it led to their destruction. We need to stop letting circumstances define us. Joseph didn't let the crummy situations of his life determine that he was going to love God. He didn't let the crummy circumstances of him getting sold into slavery determine that he's gonna be a loser all of his life and have hatred and bitterness, and, and he's gonna plot the scheming. I thought about this as I was thinking about this story here. I thought about this. You know, uh, Joseph became the king, or second in charge. When he became second in charge, I would I would think you know that if he had bitterness and anger and was wanting to have revenge towards his brothers, he very easily could have said, "Okay, Pharaoh, can I take a break? There's some there's some people that I got to go track down, and I got to let them have it." You ever think about that part of the story? He could have taken a day's break. He could have sent a servant out. Hey, go get uh, Reuben. Go get this brother of mine. I forget them all. Ephraim, Manasseh, uh, Manasseh is his kids, actually. Um, Dan, Gad, Asher, is that them? Am I in the wrong tribe? Wrong one? Is that right? Okay. Send his servants, hey, a lynch mob out to go get them. Go get these people. We're gonna, There's going to be a hanging today. No, but he chose forgiveness and he chose righteousness. He chose the heart to have the heart of Christ and uh, God blessed. God knew the circumstances of his life and Joseph chose the high road. He chose not to be victimized. He chose forgiveness when he didn't have to. I thought of, uh, again, you know, as uh, Joseph had been brought up to be second in command there, he could have went back to Potiphar's house Hey, Potiphar, your wife is a flucy. She accused me, right? Your wife accused me. That was all wrong. We need to, we need to reconcile this. And where is that woman? Could have had her stoned, perhaps. I don't know. But, but uh, he chose forgiveness in several circumstances when he had authority. And, you know, that's, that's what meekness is. Meekness is power under control. When he had the power of destruction, He chose to give them grace. He understood that God knew the circumstances of his life. God allowed him to be in the positions, those negative positions that he was, and he knew God would get revenge against Potiphar's wife, against his brothers and and, uh, the others that betrayed him. And so we're going to close with this. Say, Pastor Sam, I've been hurt deeply. Things aren't right. I was wrong. I want to say this in closing. Maybe you were, or definitely you were. So is Joseph. So is Jesus. And you can choose forgiveness like they did. Now, I don't claim to know exactly how Joseph forgave exactly through all that he went through. But for the next few minutes, I I want you to see how God forgives. And as Christians, we are to be Christ-like. We're to do what Christ does. Is that right? How does God forgive us? Then may we apply it to ourselves. And when I get to the second point here, you're gonna be like, "Eh?" that's how God forgives. Keep that in mind. Number one, God forgives unconditionally and He forgives immediately now what I mean by what we mean by unconditionally is this when we confess our sin he forgives it if we don't confess the the, the only condition is confession but there's no sin that's too great for God not to forgive amen God forgives unconditionally God forgives immediately now I want you to notice some scriptures here Uh, um, This, there isn't any sin that God's blood can't cover. There isn't any sin that God's blood can't wash away. 1 John 1, 9 says this, If we confess our sins, He is uh, faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All means all. He forgives of all. If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us. How does God forgive? He forgives unconditionally and forgives immediately. The Bible says in Colossians 3 verse 13, it says you may jot these down. We give you the bulletins and there's a, there's a section. You can write some of these references down and you can go and look them up later on. And be reminded of the goodness of God and his forgiveness for you and how you can Transliterate how you can transfer this forgiveness to somebody else Colossians 3 13 says forbearing one another and forgiving one another If any man have a quarrel against any even as Christ forgave you So also do ye Mark 11 verse 25 says and when ye stand Praying, forgive. I he's talking about the Lord's Prayer, the, the model prayer here, God, Christ tells the disciples to forgive. He says, "If ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses." Matthew 6:15 says, "But if ye, uh, if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your." trespasses. Psalm 103 verse 12 says this, as far as the east is from the west, here's east and west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. When I think about that verse there, I think of a dog chasing his tail. How many of have ever seen a dog trying to get his tail? Sometimes they do get the tail, so maybe that's not the best illustration, But a dog going around a circle, chasing his tail, chasing his tail, chasing his tail. The Bible says as far as the east is, from the west, is how he's done our sins. He's he's removed our transgressions from us. They never touch. they're, They're apart. God forgives, and he forgives immediately. As soon as we confess, he doesn't hold our sin over us. He doesn't hold our sin over our heads and and use it as leverage to blackmail us. He doesn't come back later and bring it up and rub our noses in it. The Bible says he forgives. And the Bible says, not only that, it says he forgets it. I know I've said this before. I know we've seen it before. God forgets our sin. That's how God forgives. And I know you're human. And I know I'm human. And I need to hear this because there's some people that have transgressed in my life i need to try and forget it just like god has done now it's easy it's easier it's god i'm sure god does it a lot easier than i can god will do it a lot has done it a lot easier than you can because you're human yes but god said he forgets our sin and how are we supposed to forgive people when they do us wrong we're supposed to try to forget He also. God forgives us, period. Not only does he forgive us immediately and unconditional, he forgets. But it's what God does. I just want you to notice here, I think Joseph may have struggled here as well. Uh, But true forgiveness, I think, is going to involve learning from the situation, yes, and and uh, or the transgression, but genuine, uh, true forgiveness doesn't keep score. Amen? You know what I'm saying? You understand? And um, <clears throat> again, it's easier said than done being a human, but Jesus uh, says in Matthew 18, 21, uh, He gives uh, the... Uh, Uh, He he tells the disciples how often they ought to forget forgive God says this uh, regarding forgiveness in Matthew 18 21 then came Peter unto him and said Lord how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times the number of perfection Jesus saith unto him I say not unto thee until seven times but until seventy times Seven. What's that math? Uh, 490. Now, uh, the, the point isn't the 490. The point is a large number. You say, well, I'm three, 489 forgivenesses in my relationship. I have one more and I'm done. No, God, God wants ultimate forgiveness. Some of you didn't get that. Um, God wants us to forgive. The Bible says in Hebrews 8, verse 12, good reference here. But I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. Will I remember no more? God forgives. God forgets. Psalm 103, verse 12. And God wants you to forgive like he does. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Psalm uh, 43, verse 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions uh, for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Hebrews 10, 17. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. The example of God in forgiveness is that he forgives and that he forgets Joseph chose not to get bitter Joseph chose not to dwell on the sins of the past that other people committed against him even his loved ones and uh, he chose to forgive forgetting may take some time but I believe ultimately that's involved as well they say repetition is the key to learning how many have heard that phrase before okay Repetition is the key to remembering, which helps in learning. That's how it works. So here's the thing. It may very well be that in order to forgive, in order to help you forgive and you're forgetting that you're going to have to stop reliving a certain event over and over in your life. See, I can't forgive. One of the reasons may be is because you keep remembering the circumstance Hey, learn, learn any lesson that may need to be learned, but stop reliving the circumstance. Stop reliving the situation. Stop reliving the act. We had the uh, spiritual warfare revival. One of the things we got to do is bring those, uh, those, those, those hurts uh, to one final remembrance. Cast them confess them wash them by the blood of Jesus in the in the in the chambers of our hearts and get them cleaned and uh God I shut the door I lock the door I give you the key never to re-enter that again maybe you need to come down this morning to an altar privacy of your chair say God wash that memory from my mind maybe you've been exposed to some sin and it's permeating your mind and it's come up in into your mental uh, lobe and and it's there that 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 uh, that uh, that picture that image keeps coming back and you're reminded of that sin that transgression again ask God to wash that with his blood uh, from your memory once and for all and lock the door and never revisit that again It may very well be that in order to forgive, you're going to have to stop reliving a certain event over and over again, and you're going to need to ask God to help you forgive and forget. Jesus chose, I'm sorry, Joseph chose to forgive. Jesus chose to offer that forgiveness as well. This morning, I want to encourage you as we close to choose forgiveness. Choose forgiveness. You can choose to forgive. Let's bow. Father, I thank you for forgiveness that I've experienced in my life at the hands of other people. God, I pray that you would help me when I've been wronged and offended to forgive others as well. God, I pray that you'd help me not to relive the, the hurts. I pray that you'd wash that from my mind. I pray that you'd minister to your folks here, God, your people, your children. I pray that you'd have your will and way, Holy Spirit, in their lives and in their hearts. I pray that you'd identify sin. I pray that you'd reveal to them hurt. Lord, I pray that you'd prompt them and provoke them to forgiveness if there's bitterness, if there's malice. Lord, I pray that they'd realize, I pray that we'd understand that you know exactly what has transpired in our lives. And it very well could be that you later on will mean it for good to bring the past, as it is that day to save much people alive in some way, in some circumstance. God, would you meet with us? Would you help us this morning deal with unforgiveness would you help us deal with bitterness? Would you help us deal with anger? Would you help us deal with trust? Most importantly, trusting you. Let's all stand this morning as we have a